0: Yeah, this is this is a Star Trek series on the quality level of Babylon Five.
1: It's very well thought out. Wow, I thought I was going to push some buttons with that. I'm sitting here; I, I, my tongue is bleeding now because <laughs> I was biting on it so hard.
0: Where is Thanks. Fort Max? Well, I can't
1: I can't make any claims to the quality of the writing in Babylon Five;
2: only the visuals. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm I will never I will never ever say the visuals hold up. Never, ever, ever, because they don't. And uh, they were never meant to, so.
1: Sweet Jesus.
0: Oh, okay, there she is. I, just, I was just about to tweet angrily at you. I guess I still could.
2: <laughs> we're all ready to go, and you're like five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, you're forgiven for having a FIZ driver. <laughs> CSM? A sexy, sexy five driver. Yeah. Now
0: she's just showing off. She always shows off when she has a new noisy toy. <laughs> nah, so does mom. So I'm uh Fort t- Max, t- I'm just gonna have to warn you in advance that if you ever show up with a new noisy toy that goes vroom, I am gonna kick you from the call. <laughs> yeah. Fair warning. Do with that information as you will. Sounds like an easy out. I was gonna say she's she's plotting now. This is the chance she's been waiting for for eight years. Eight years.
3: God, we've been doing this for eight years. Eight years in January.
1: So we were talking about how Discovery is the best thing ever. I don't think Fort Max is watching Discovery. That's probably why? I don't know. She hasn't ruined it for us.
0: Oh, uh, Barry's here, by the way. In case you didn't notice.
3: Yeah, lights off. Hi. <laughs> well, no, hey,
0: she to... now she didn't say that, Barry. She just, you know, acknowledged that you're here.
1: Alright, Barry, you need to calm the fuck down.
0: <laughs> Fort Max just gives Barry like
1: the, the the JD look from across the, the hallway. <laughs> Wait, is that the one with the, the slow licking of the lips or a different one?
0: No, it's the one with the big fat man jumping up and down going, Fort Max.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, that's a different one I get from him. <clears throat> I miss Jamie. Wow, that... I do too. Yeah.
2: He was better than us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. He'd be the first one to tell you that too.
2: He's the only person that's better than me. <laughs> and conveniently, he's dead. <laughs> I don't think it's very convenient for
1: him. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's still in a better place than you are. Uh, I
0: can't guarantee, knowing JD, I can't guarantee that.
1: (laughs) He's not in the United States in 2017, so yeah, probably he is. Uh...
3: I don't know, unless unless he's haunting me and I just haven't noticed yet.
2: (laughs) He's a very passive ghost. He's jumping and screaming from outside your window in a spectral form.
0: (laughs) JD, the passive ghost.
3: No, no, not very, not passive. It's just that I haven't uh, noticed him yet.
2: Like something falls off the wall behind you, and you yell at the cat, and the
3: cat's like not even inside the house right now. (laughs) He's he's probably yelling something about how I was how about how uh, I'm going the wrong way to Tulsa again. Yeah. What, <laughs> oh, Max, no! <laughs> the toll road! The no. toll road! Take 35!
2: <laughs> Who does the toll road toll for? It tolls for thee. That was riveting podcasting,
0: you know. <laughs> we still get comments about it. I mean, admittedly, they're mostly me bringing them up on RFC, but still. Yeah. So, Scott, in case you you've got the gist of this
2: conversation so far, of the Mm -hmm. Toll Road conversation, what you're missing is that it lasts for about 35
0: minutes. (laughs)
1: Lovely.
0: Superhero time circa 2013 was a really Mm -hmm. special thing. Are we a good toku then? Yeah. We cared about good toku.
4: What toku was on that year?
0: That's a very good question. Um, Gaim was starting in 2013. The third fall of 2013.
2: Gaim was the best toku of all time. We
3: had Go Busters.
2: We had nowhere to go but
1: down. Hmm. Well, what's wrong with that? Oh, ho.
0: No, Go (laughs) Busters was uh, 2012. Oh, right. Gaim was special
2: because, like, no episode disappointed
0: me. Even the uh, Kikaider episode, well, no, that had uh, Ryoma
3: (laughs) Kaider.
2: Yeah, that had Ryoma willingly cutting out his brain and putting it into a robot for no reason. And then putting it back in. No, not
3: for no reason, for science. science. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Ryoma was the best. That's
3: and then he, bl- then he spent a few episodes off, so the actor could be in a stage play or something. So he just went off to space uh, to mess around for a couple episodes, and then came back in Hawaiian shorts. You won't escape from our investigation, <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Toku.
0: No, all that smoothly. All that said, though, <laughs> I am enjoying build. Same yeah. here. Build's okay. I don't hate it. Well, uh, isn't there... It, isn't, it will. Isn't uh, not hating build kind of a step up? Oh, it's a bit, definitely a step up. Yeah.
2: Um, I just kind of wish it took its time a little bit more. It feels like I'm watching a clip show, kind of. It's how fast it moves.
0: I mean, episode two was the worst example of that, which literally felt like two episodes stitched together. Um, if I, not, I think it's stabilized a little bit since then.
2: I'm not a huge fan of the style of humor they use, of lots of very exaggerated anime-type mugging. But, that said, it's at least funny sometimes. I mean, just because it's not really clicking with me doesn't mean I think it's bad humor.
0: I'm enjoying the interactions of the main cast quite a bit. And, well, like, compared to where the X-Aid cast was in the first half of the show, this is a lot tighter. Uh, And the suit designs are so much better. Yeah, the super are good.
4: I'm enjoying the pace. It keeps things from getting boring.
0: I mean, like, I'm still sitting here wondering, like, okay, is it this fast paced just so we won't notice the show is actually some fundamental like has some fundamental flaw? Are they
3: using this as a cover? Though though I did like one thing that I just had to laugh out is them dramatically uh well, sledgehammering a uh, piece of mass produced plastic out of the wall. <laughs> Yeah, so there's these mysterious slots on the walls that do a magic thing, and nobody thought to question that. Hey, Mickey. Though it is kind of ridiculous how uh, our hero has no idea how to make the best matches when they are on the stickers on the trinkets themselves.
0: He's special. (laughs) Yeah. I think the same thing that gives him hair boners also makes him a little bit dense. I like that his
2: partner is just some guy who likes to kick and punch things. He's not a rider, he's just violent.
4: He'll be a rider soon
2: enough. Oh, he will be, but right now he's just violent.
3: Violent just a superpower of its own. Violent and kind of effective at it, too. And I like how in the opening you have, okay, our main hero writing equations stuff on a chalkboard and them floating around, and then he's just punching the equations. I mean, I can relate to that because that's how I feel
0: about math, too. Yeah. (laughs) Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. Being a dick is its own reward. Hey,
3: Mickey. Taking a dick is its own reward. Scott. I can't think of dicks at the moment. And Fort Max. (laughs) Getting rid of a deck is its own reward.
2: (laughs) Okay, so, speaking of math, Star Trek? Nerdy stuff? Uh, If we
0: must, let me see. Where
2: are we at? Because I can see Scott drifting off as we continue to go on about build.
0: Uh, so this week on that one episode of Star Trek, we're joined by Barry, or, you know, Barricade64, if you follow him on Twitter. Hello. Barry, I, I'm kind of curious. God damn why it, is, Barry, calm the fuck down. Why, Barry, why <laughs> is your display name Josh? I don't understand this.
4: Uh, you need new glasses.
0: Oh. Oh. That's true, I probably had these for about 15 years. That's half of my life. <laughs> That's, um slightly less than half of my life.
2: That's five years longer than I've been living in this house.
0: But where were you living when Fort Max was born? Probably this house. (laughs) (laughs) Trick question. Fort Max hasn't been born yet.
3: How do I keep getting younger?
2: (laughs) Well, there's a painting of you in the attic somewhere that's getting
1: really old looking. (laughs) Well, Mrs. Button, let me tell you. All right. Are we ready to do this now or not? I just started the show. What do you want? PTSDS9. I thought we were going to talk
0: about Discovery and Orville and shit. Oh, yeah. We can totally do that. We already talked about Discovery just a minute ago. We weren't on the show. show. I thought that was pre-show. No, I'm going to make Toku stuff pre-show because that'll satisfy the uh, people who still complain that we don't do Toku anymore. Well, we want to satisfy them. Those people exist? It shuts them up for a couple more weeks.
1: I mean, honestly, they like Toku. Why do you care about their opinion like, about anything?
2: It's like giving like a, a tiny little injection of heroin to someone who's trying to quit. Yeah, oh, it's God, funny. That sounds so good right
1: now. Do you have any? Or d- some fentanyl.
0: That depends. That depends. Are you trying to quit? Because if not, we're not going <laughs> to give you any. No, I'm just trying to get just a little addicted. Okay, so discovery, real quick. Uh
2: Remains the best thing to happen to Star Trek in decades.
0: I mean, yeah, that is technically true because it has been decades since Deep Space Nine.
2: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. all right. I'm okay with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm um, really not okay with that realization of the passage of time, but go on. Right. Um, the evolution of the crew's relationships gets better
2: and better as they're chipping away at the hostility and they're yes. coming together
0: to form a a team, basically. That's right, great. Right. Engineer yeah. actually felt like he was part of the crew this time. Yeah. Instead of just some angry dude who got drafted. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he's still that. The Star, Trek,
2: the Star Trek morals are coming out harder now. Yeah, which is nice to see, God damn it! That Even though the, there is the, the morally gray DS-90 blackness to something, let's say Lorca's motivations, uh, not everyone is fully on board with that, and as we see with how the Tardigree is handled, uh, they make decisions against, you know, command's wishes because it's the right thing to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Which is what kind of got him
1: in this mess to begin
2: with. Um, I love
1: uh, Dwight as Harry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was very skeptical until he did it, and then I was watching him, and I was like, oh yeah, he did it.
0: Yeah, he had it down. He had it down.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, he, he, he's Harry Mud now. That's fine.
2: <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that in, that he's wearing like a full beard? Like they didn't dye his hair black. Eh. Like he didn't need to have like the silly curly cue mustache or anything, but I think just like a plain mustache and like just darken his hair would have like, made it perfect.
1: Uh, Harry Mudd is one of those guys, I'm sure he changes his appearance on a, on the reg. So he's been I'm okay in prison for a
0: while too, I mean right,
1: that's right. true. He's
2: probably not shaving in prison, that makes sense actually. Yeah. But yeah, his performance was spot
0: on. Yeah, no, yeah, it, yeah. it was solid. Like, it's it's one of those things where, like, you kind of don't expect coming into an established role with a completely new actor 50 years later is going to work that well. But, no, he nailed he nailed the delivery of the lines, the personality. It was really solid. Yeah. And uh, I was glad to hear one of you mention in pre-show, like, this was the most Star Trek-feeling episode of Discovery so far, because I was thinking the same thing. This felt the most, like... Uh, a, a regular existing Star Trek episode, even while still having Discovery's hallmarks to it.
1: Yeah, and the reason I the reason I said that is because they, oh, was it they you weren't... and I disagree? <laughs> there was the there was the moral component when they finally said, "Oh, well, the tardigrade might be uh, spoilers." By the way, the tardigrade might be sentient. It's it's deteriorating. We can't do this to a you know living creature. And the way they they let it go and then it zipped away. And all that stuff. that that felt like Star Trek because Star Trek is all about weird life forms that don't conform to our preconceived notions, and they did that, you know. So the tardigrade and, grows up to be a leviathan, right?
0: Yes. Okay. Good. Just checking. So it's going to go save John from Scorpius. Yeah. Two hundred years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it all makes sense. Don't worry about it. Sure.
2: So um, so speaking of Lieutenant Stamets, um. I kind of like the slow build-up they've led up to uh, him unfurling the rainbow flag. What are you talking about? Basically, rather than jumping straight in and lunge into, you know, here's your gay character right away. Wait, James is gay?
1: Yes. Did you watch this episode, Scott? Look, what's gay about two dudes brushing their teeth next to each other? Okay, so you're just being
2: silly. Okay. Yeah, I'm being silly. <laughs> <Continue>. <laughs> Go on.
1: Um... <laughs> I like
2: that there's no real mention of the doctor and him being together up until the very last moment. Right. I mean, there's a little bit of tension between them, but it's they don't come around and say that they're a couple until the very end. It's all professional.
0: But they also <laughs> structure the episode and probably some of the previous performance enough where, like, when they do it, it's not you don't. It's not a surprise. It's like, oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's not like you know, it's not like a swerve when they do it. But I mean, they
1: don't lampshade it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well I like though is the Doctor, because I, you know, I got, I, I, I first of all, I have terrible Gadar. Ask Hey Mickey. <laughs> um, but what I liked about the Doctor was that he seems like the most moral, upstanding, like the most Starfleet kind of person. He's like the nicest person, and I really like that. Well, it's because he's the Doctor. The, well, not all doctors are that way. Very sure. few Starfleet doctors are nice people.
0: Right.
2: Thank
1: <laughs> right. you. Right. So, it's on a cluster. ship
0: full of assholes, the doctor is going to be the nicest person.
1: Yeah, and this this guy does. It's like this guy. I wouldn't
3: mind. I mean, like, like Flux is nice, but he's also insane. Yes. Yeah. He's not. He's uh, not even
2: human. So. Oh, you have a headache? Let me stick this warm up your butt. <laughs>
0: it'll it'll work its way up there eventually. For, forgot about the he- uh, headache, didn't you? <laughs>
1: cured (laughs) so but yeah yeah it was kind of neat to that relationship and it's interesting how they even when they disagree because like i think on the bridge they were like well i think we should do this well i don't think that's moral and they were kind of arguing and you can see there was a little bit of that extra tensions there um but it's interesting how people like that in position how they have a personal life and then they have their professional life like on a starship that's hard to do saru's process of command was interesting to me I don't think he's a very good captain personally. Well, no, he's not. <laughs> it was uh, his first time at that, but you know Well, of any command. I don't mean like just him being a captain in this episode, but I mean I'm talking like he's not he would not make a good uh commander. Not in a general sense, no.
0: He's too reactionary. Yeah. Yeah. He also gets too focused on one path he decides on. Which is not really a helpful thing in a crisis yeah, he situation. Basically doesn't listen, um, but like it was interesting to watch him kind of work through that in a high stress situation, especially since it just kind of reinforces this actor's really good at playing alien.
2: Yeah, I think Sorrow is really interesting because he's more than a one note alien. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to see what he's going to be
1: doing. Yeah, I've always seen him. He, he's a, yeah, yeah. It's always kind of fun to see what he's going to do next. So you have a general sense of his personality and his motivations and stuff. I, I would love him as a as a first officer. He'd be amazing as a captain. No, <laughs> he, uh,
2: he he feels like a rich character, not one that's like shallow and cheap.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right. Yeah, you could get a lot out of him, especially if you're into tall guys. You know, I, also
2: I love his foot prosthetics because they look painful as shit to walk in. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like those weird hoofy
1: high heels he's in.
2: Uh, actually, I think... uh,
1: go ahead. Go yeah, go ahead. Well I was gonna say that Lorca actually seeing him like talking to Starfleet Command and all this other kind of stuff, it actually uh made me like Lorca more. Because now I'm starting to say he's not just some like he's you know, he's not Captain Ahab. Oh I'm just so crazy, I gotta destroy the enemy no matter what, what it takes, and you know that kind of crap. He's actually like he does follow the rules. He does respect Starfleet. He is trying to do this for the right reasons, so uh, I hope they keep that. I, I hate it when they make a character just lose all credibility and lose all likability by going too far off the deep end. I don't want Lorca to do that. I want to continue to like him, and this episode helped me do this. Like, oh, you know, they're seeing him in a room with other Starfleet people reminds me, oh yeah, he is a good Starfleet officer, and he is doing this for the right reasons, and they were give, he was given this ability to do this. Yeah. He's not He's a not, rogue agent. He's doing his job. Right, exactly. And staying within the lines, too. And he'll Mm. fight for those lines, but he's staying within
2: the lines, and I like that. But also when told not to do something, he obeys.
0: Exactly, right. Even if he wants to, you know, flip a table.
1: Yeah. And then we get the closer to the episode. Creepy! Yeah. So Stamets injects himself with the spores, so he can communicate with the spore drive. Uh, So... What the fuck was that? Mirror universe? Uh temporal displacement. What the fuck was that? Cause it didn't look evil. It didn't like you know sneer. It didn't look very nice. Camera. I mean Well, but there's the same look on his face before he walked away from the mirror. So right, it, looked it didn't like look a... very nice. <laughs> it looked more like a temporal effect as opposed to like a yeah, I'm evil. Well basically it's either one mirror universe.
2: Yeah. Or two um him communing with the spores has altered Quantum reality effect. Oh, oh speaking of which we were fucking
1: right subspace the spores exist in subspace as well yeah and you know and, when, and as soon as they said that i just threw my hands in there and said okay i'm fine now i'm good now <laughs> i'm good i love that we figured that out by the process of logic and we were correct
0: <laughs> It's the, i mean it's the only way it could make internal sense to the universe without inventing red matter Basically.
2: You're right. Yeah. There'll be black matter here.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean we kinda of have that. It's a mysterious darker form of matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I understand if you mix dark matter and purple matter together, you get black matter. Like the blackest spinal. matter you can get.
2: A spinal tap matter. <laughs> Vanta no, black see, matter. I, see,
3: I see. I thought I thought they would use purple matter to represent black matter <laughs> because it looks darker, right?
0: Just like in Sentai, <laughs> or painting toys makes a little purple and you're black, and it looks darker than flat black.
1: So the, the only thing I didn't like about this episode is uh, the actress plays Michael Burnham. Just the way she delivers her line, she always has this this breathlessness and this. She always seems like she's overacting just a little bit. Yeah. I I like a lot of the other characters. Actually, she's actually kind of of my least favorite now. I know we're supposed to like, she's supposed to be the kind of POV character normally. But the way she delivers her lines is like too intense. It's like dial it back a little bit, sweetheart. You're at 11. We need you like at an 8 or a 7. She delivers it with Vulcan conviction. I guess. But to me, when I'm watching her, I don't go, wow, look at this character. I'm thinking, wow, she's acting her ass off. You know, I'm aware of her acting and that takes me out of it. Or like Lorca or, or anybody else, it's just like, oh, you know, I, I don't even think about it. You know? I mean, I'm sure this uh, will change as we go
0: forward a little bit more. She does feel like she's contributed kind of the least outside of like plot device elements over the last couple episodes. Well, right
2: now, she's kind of caught without giving – she doesn't have a lot of agency to what she can right.
0: do right, because right. she's
2: basically still a prisoner, just sort of long for the ride.
1: True, true.
2: So she doesn't have a lot of – Ability to showcase her personality because she's kind of just stuck.
1: Yeah, yeah, And I, I get that. She's in a very bad position. I mean, I, I, I totally get that. And I can imagine. I can only imagine her. I do like the fact that her, she shows her frustration and her restraint because she even like says that specifically. It's like something effective, like I'm not strangling you right now or something. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's just I, I'm looking forward to seeing a more nuanced performance. And since we see that she's starting to integrate into
2: the crew better. They're going to probably loosen up and grant her more responsibilities, and then she'll actually get to do something.
0: Yeah, like, I want to say her be nice to Tilly, for God's sakes. I think she will she nice to Tilly eventually. I think she is being nice to Tilly by not smothering her with a pillow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from her perspective, you know. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah, I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed uh, this week's episode quite a bit. Yeah. I think it was probably my favorite one so far. Kind of think of as far as like just enjoying it, and it
0: kind of makes sense too because I mean, you know, we're at what episode five now, so things should be kind of you know dialing in and getting their momentum. Hmm. agree. And Orville ran too.
1: I I, I like the Orville episode too. <laughs> it's not Star Trek, you know, per se, but I really I like it. what it was about. Uh, the krill and they captured the ship and killed oh, all the that's adults right, yeah. and children and all that, eh. which is, oof, that was, that was pretty rough. I, okay. The good thing about the Orville was it didn't have that nice clean ending, just like another episode. There wasn't like this clean, you know, everything's done. You clap your hands together of dust and we're out of here. You know, everything's solved. You know, it, it really kind of went, there are no easy solutions. Now these children are going to hate you, and you just made more people who hate you. So congratulations. There's like, there's no easy answer to that kind of um, extremism, I so, guess. So
0: this was probably the episode of Orville I liked the least, um, really? and it wasn't right – uh, it was just right until the end that it came up with the actually interesting part where, like, you know, these kids aren't my enemy. Well, they saw you kill a whole crew. They are now – like, right, right. that was the first part where it really, like, engaged with me on the level I was hoping for. Up till that point, it just seemed kind of like fluff. What would have been more
2: interesting if they went to blowing up the ship at the beginning, and then dealt with him trying to convince the kids he wasn't bad for this episode, and then failing ultimately? I think that's, that's kind of
1: what happened.
2: No, but I mean, shift it so that... The episode focuses on him dealing with the kids being pissed at him. Oh, I Rather see.
1: than... Like, have, have the
0: whole infiltration thing be, like, one act, and then afterward have Or the, even have it be, like, the cold open or some shit. Well, you know? just, just, yeah, just like, with. just like... Just, right, like, a small right. portion of the episode, and then the rest is the refugee kids that he's trying to turn back around.
1: Yeah, I got to say, the whole infiltration and, oh, are we about to get caught or not, that kind of drug on us, like, okay, I get it. You know, that, 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 that did kind of go a little long. Here's the problem with Orville
2: right now. Is it loves Star Trek so much and is trying to emulate it so hard that it is? It's sort of giving <laughs> us everything we've already seen before a million times, and it's very
1: predictable in many ways. It's, well... uh, it's tropey. Oh, it's tropey, yeah. I'll give you the tropiness. But I I think the point of it is to turn some of the trope on its head and kind of tease it a little bit. Like yeah, the like, whole thing is like oh open up a channel to the other to the other ship. Other ship, this is me. Oh, I haven't opened up the channel yet. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you know, but that, that that's can... a gag. And and that's funny, yes. But, but, but it's still it's making fun of tropes though, because that trope happens in Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, but okay, the
2: joke about it is fine, but in a larger sense, the stories it's telling mm-hmm. are not very creative. I mean, there's elements that are good, you know, but in general, I feel like the show is not really pushing any boundaries in terms of new stories. It's just sort of rehashing old Star Trek stories.
1: Well, I think there's, I mean, you know, nothing new under the sun.
2: I well, uh, it's doing a, a fine job of that, but like it's, it's what's leaving me wishing I was getting something more out of it than nostalgia.
0: Right, like the right. the pitch of making the episode be about making the Krill kids think he's not a monster anymore would have been a new and at least a little bit challenging concept to approach. Right. Whereas While still keeping alter- the same basic the enemy premise ship
2: in because we got to disguise ourselves as an alien for an episode and learn about them. I mean how many times have we seen the Enterprise crew put
1: on a funny forehead and infiltrate the enemies? <laughs> Well, but the difference being, though, is, as I said, at the end of the episode of Star Trek, the, everything would be fine and everyone would come to an understanding and go, no, maybe those Starfleet people aren't bad people after all, or maybe we should rethink our whole entire culture. Well, in and, and, and Orville, they don't do that. They don't give that nice, neat little ending to it like Star Trek always did. Right. Okay. And the ending is fine. The problem I have is the journey through the rest of the story wow. to get
0: Which to the Which was the, the same thing I was saying. Like, it okay, engaged with me yeah. at the very end with that one part,
1: but the rest of it just seemed like a bunch of fluff getting there. Oh, I see, I see. Well, I, my my only comment on that is the fact that this is first season. We all know yeah. how these kind of shows go first season. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is it's the episode I enjoyed
0: the least out of what I've watched so far. And I still like the bit in the beginning with, uh, you know, can he eat it? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. And I like that the, there is the one callback to it a little bit later with, I want you to eat my weapon.
1: yes exactly like
0: that was a good gag yeah and now they never need to revisit that again Eh, i'm sure they will well that's why i said they never need to revisit that again (laughs) because it's obvious they will eventually they'll make it a plot point (laughs) he's got to eat his way out of a prison (laughs) although actually i would probably find that kind of cool (laughs)
1: <laughs> just walk behind iron bars and he eats through them. Hey, eating your way out of prison. Isn't that the plot to Orange is the New Black? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go and log off now. You guys have to
0: <laughs> Well, no, you can't go because we have a little problem with uh, PTSD 9 What's that? Uh, you're going to have to do the summary.
2: All right. Unless Barry wants to. I don't
4: think that would
1: go well.
0: Well, I
2: mean, it's it's going to go
1: well if I do it. (laughs) It can't be worse than if Ken did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if Ken did it, it'd be in a register that no one could hear. I mean, if our audience are dogs, they would understand it just fine.
0: Yeah. What most of our listeners don't actually know is that Ken has been here for the last 80 episodes we just stopped pitching him down Yeah, it got to be kind of a hassle because it was making Fort Max come out sounding like Dr. Claw (laughs) who wouldn't want to sound like Frank Welker (laughs) somebody who wants a useful voice in their declining years are you saying that Frank Welker's Megatron isn't what it used to be I just don't believe you could say such a thing I mean, I like this Prime Megatron better than this G1 Megatron. Uh,
3: well, this all Prime right. Megatron... It, well, I mean, yeah, G1 Megatron is pretty much raspy old man.
1: Yeah. All right, so what we're doing is... uh, It's only a Paper Moon. It's only a Paper Moon, which is Season 7, Episode 10. Which we call PTSD-S9. Least, yeah, Uh, which is very apt. Okay, I mean, just at the top of this, I, I really liked this episode. I do, too. Um... Uh, the acting in it is amazing. Uh, Aaron Eisenberg, fantastic actor, nailed this. Uh, Vic Fontaine, um, again, amazing acting. I mean, I was I was totally drawn in the entire time. Everything felt real and believable. Uh, it was great. It was a really great episode. So it was, and there's there's the problem.
2: Okay. This is a, this is a great episode. Um, I love watching every scene of it. The problem is. I don't have a lot to say about it because it's good.
1: Yeah, shh, we're well, watching. Maybe yeah. it'll be a
0: fast <laughs> podcast this week.
1: Oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs>
0: it'll never happen.
1: Yeah, no, all right.
0: Okay, <laughs> so uh,
2: you just watched DS9 for the first time recently. What are your thoughts on this episode as a whole?
4: I thought it was a really solid episode overall. It, it had really great character work, really good acting. Just overall a solid episode.
0: The really impressive part to me is that for, like, 90% of the episode, it is just two actors acting off each other, and that's your whole presentation. Yeah, and they're
4: able to hold my attention.
2: Yeah,
0: that's a hard thing to pull off.
2: Squirrel? Especially with no action. Yes. Unless you count punching
1: Jake, which, really, we're all in there for that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that was worth the price of admission. And there. I guess
3: the flashbacks. Well, that's action
0: from a different episode, though.
2: So I don't remember the flashbacks. So I've repressed them, like Nog. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh,
1: okay. So we open up on DS Nine, and we have. Uh... Is that that is that Lita? Yeah, that's yeah. Lita. Lita and Ezra Dax. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I have to make. I don't know anything about Esri. Uh, is she, like, the, the station's counselor now? So yes. the science officer? No, no, she's not a science officer. She, she is a counselor. Oh. She's got God. the same job as Troy. She
2: is the worst counselor. It, oh, okay, so it is her first day God. on the
1: job, essentially. She fucking sucks at it. <laughs> and she is, like, 13 years old. I am not touching that one with a 10-foot pole. So then we... <laughs> Uh we also have Rom. They're walking to the uh to the docking ring to, to meet Rom who's back from no, uh, whatever uh Nog, I'm sorry. Uh for Nog, uh who's been at like, i bet all these Ferengis
0: look alike to you, don't they, Scott? God
1: you're <laughs> racist.
2: <laughs> not my not like me. Let's talk about the Indians again.
3: Engines.
1: <laughs> yeah. Engine number one. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that guy's on a treadmill. Did you leave your engine running? All right. So,
2: <laughs> so anyway, I they're I lot... the Indians to tend forward to get them drunk. Yeah. Oh, fire
1: water. Yeah. That's one of those things where I really hope our listener, uh, so Barry, uh, I hope you understand <laughs> that all of us calling them Indians or engines. It was completely tongue in cheek. And it's because they were using the, that terminology in the episode, which was really weird. Sure it was. Thank
0: you. I mean, they couldn't I'll really call it. them Native Americans since they hadn't been Native Americans for, like, two centuries.
1: Well, yeah, I, I have this propensity, or or I want to call people uh, Native Africans, because if you go back far enough, we're all from Africa.
2: <laughs> I think that would be a very poor choice. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Although you should tweet it, though, and see what kind of
1: attraction you get with it. Yeah, oh, that would be yeah, fun er- to watch. I mean, evolutionarily speaking <laughs> – all right. So anyway, so they're walking to the docking <laughs> ring to to meet Nog, uh, who's been a Starbase recupering for, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and his, his dad, uh, Rom, uh, is already making shitty jokes like like, how's your new leg?
0: <laughs> well, he's worried about saying something stupid. He's worried about being
2: himself. That's a valid worry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's never had a son who's lost a leg before. He's kind of concerned about handling it the right way.
1: You don't want to drop it, yeah. The leg. Now, I do. And now I do. I do like this interaction of the three characters because Lita's all like, "Well, I'm just a stepmom. I don't want to be too personal." And he's just like, "You are family. You guys are all family. You're family too." He loves all of you, and you love him. So don't worry about it. And, and I thought a lot of this was very heartwarming. And one of the reasons I like this episode because a lot of it comes from such a good place. Uh, it was just it was pleasant to watch. So they they get into uh, it looks like a fucking cargo bay, but I guess it's in the docking ring where everyone just keeps their shit. So Ezri, being the genius counselor she is, goes, well, maybe you should tell your son that you love him and you miss him." Thanks, counselor. <laughs> Couldn't have figured that one out. Fuck's sake! And then I, I like to
2: imagine that Ezri just ignores whatever Dax is telling her. <laughs> Because you know, Dax is screaming at her, like "Shut up!" He's like, whispers to her stomach, "Be
1: quiet, old man." (laughs) (laughs) There are are anomalies out there; need to be scanned. (laughs) All right, so Colonel Nerese comes up and goes, "Oh, the ship's here." I
2: dislike that. I never got used to her being a colonel. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. Yeah, it's weird.
1: So we have all these vacationers coming on board. Like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, all right, great. Yes. so they're waiting and waiting and waiting. like everyone's there. All of the entire uh, ops crew is there. Even Cisco. Who's manning the station? Um, um, is that, that Miles? One... Well,
0: Eddie one... the oh, who's no, there? there.
1: All right. So Nog eventually comes to the tunnel there, comes to the airlock with his little cane. Everyone's all looking all in varying degrees of pleased to see him. And they start clapping for him because he's walking. Already, I understand why he's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers! I'm just walking. Stop clapping. Well, so, he, technically, he's hobbling. Yeah, Yeah, not looks like
4: he's being pandered to.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it kind of it, it's a little condescending, and and I get it. And I kind of understand where he's coming from. That's what I like about Nog's reaction. It was it wasn't completely outrageous or cartoony no. to make a point. It seemed pretty reasonable.
2: Also, I like it whenever they remember that Bajorans clap differently. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
0: they're fairly consistent about that. They only had that wrong in like early episodes in season one. Yeah.
4: Uh, so a bit of a question here: Were Odo and Wars actors contractually obligated to be in this episode because they're barely in it?
1: Most likely, yes. Yeah, that that's a true statement. Yeah, they they have to be in every episode. <laughs> Look, the 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 Screen Actors Guild is not a group of people you want to fuck with. I'm curious as to what the actual requirements
2: are, because like some characters like, will miss like one or two episodes a season, and some of them will just get like their one line of dialogue in.
0: I mean, it's I guess like it's like a big. Vac- I assume like it's a case time. of where they're you know primary credited. They're getting paid for the episode one way or the other, so like they're going to get them in there for a little bit and get their money's worth out of it. Yeah. So
4: go in the makeup chair for several hours to appear for ten seconds.
0: That's right. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a living. All right. So they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have a party for you," uh, you know, and wherever. And Nog's like, "You know what? Go fuck yourself. I'm gonna go hobble away and go take a nap." Oh, so by the does. way, by the
0: way, here's my paper saying I don't have to work anymore. Right. Yeah. Shell shock. Yeah, I'm
1: still recovering. So, so. like, you,
2: you've been traveling for uh, days to get here. How about
1: you come and party with us now? Right. Like, right this second. No, 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 you don't get to go to the bathroom first, just right now. So... But you know I
0: can't use the bathroom on a transport ship. <laughs> Think
1: of all the Eubolian butts have been on it. Ew. Yeah. So Lita like, kind of tries to run after him, and Ezra, like, wrenches her by the wrist and almost throws her to the ground. It's like, how dare you give that creature comfort? Let him suffer. Uh uh uh. Yeah. <laughs> Lita's so wonderful. All right. Her, her eyes greatest. are up here, Scott. Lita's greatest assets are wonderful. No, I mean seriously, Lita's just like a like a wonderful person. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah. It, again, that's why their whole relationship with her and Rom just like it's like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. All <laughs> right. So sweet. Yeah, they are. It's nice. All right, so uh, we cut into, I assume, Nog's quarters. Uh, Esri's in there, and she's like, so let's talk about your feelings. You want to talk about your feelings? And she starts talking about, like, uh, uh, holosuite programs people are doing. She's basically catching him up on everything that's been going on in the station. Riveting, i sure. Yeah, because yeah. Because Nog's she...
0: not capable of finding that out on his own. Right. And, and I'm, I'm sure the that... first thing he wants to do in the first, like, three hours he's on the station is
1: just get, you know, the situation report. Yeah, yeah, I need a sit rep on where everyone's hobbies are at.
4: Well, you gotta make fun of O'Brien and Julian.
1: <laughs> yeah, Now one thing I do like. Another thing about this episode is that that Nog, uh, Nog, the way he acts in this episode, he acts like an old man. I mean, like he acts like an old grizzled veteran. He actually, to me, just played it because I had to forget. Like, oh yeah, he's like super young, but the way he like leans on his cane, the way he talks and reacts, he seems like someone who's been there done that it's really convincing War changes a man yeah that's yeah pretty much so he starts explaining to Ezra it's like my leg hurts they say it's biosynthetic the pain receptors aren't firing but it hurts I am telling everybody my fucking leg hurts I have the cane because the more I put weight on it the more it hurts so fuck all y'all and they won't give me any more meds yeah won't give me my oxy (laughs) (laughs) give me my percocet (laughs) Yeah, so basically, he's been talking about his feelings and shit for the last like six weeks or whatever to the people in Starbase two three five, and he's just fucking done. I'm done. Can I you think blame him? The easy
2: way to break the addiction to ox- oxycodone is just take
1: OxyClean.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's right there in the name. I should have figured.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You really should have figured that out. Life hacks. <laughs> so after Nog says, "You know, I just kind of want some time to myself for a while," as Ezra, after like the sixth time, finally goes, "You know what? I think we're done for the day." And she bubble farts out of the room. <laughs> Dumb. How saccharine. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of empty space in this episode, too. So, uh, so yeah. All right. So, Nog is just wandering around, hobbling around, sighing. He goes to lay on the bed and turns on some, like, old jazzy song. Not like Popeye's jazz, but... <laughs> Pleasant jazz. Popeye's
0: jazz? You know, we don't really yeah. get that around here. You don't have Popeye's there? No, we have Popeye's. They just don't have that music playing. Oh, God, you're lucky. Apparently.
2: <laughs> it's How the most stressful dining experience.
0: Well, why How do much you, time why do in Popeye's? Yeah, why do you eat in Popeye's? Because they got good chicken. Okay, but you get the chicken and you take it home where the jazz isn't.
2: You get the chicken and take it home and the chicken cools down. Fried chicken is best when it's served hot. How far it's away like, is prevention. Popeyes?
0: Um, is the, the other end of town. Oh, I guess that would be a problem then. Uh,
1: uh, also, one of the, the only other thing about the scene that I think is of note is no, we're that, talking uh, about chicken now. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, is, when Nog lays <laughs> down on the bed, uh, we can like see what religion, what fringy religion he is. His little Noggle's sticking out.
0: Noggle. <laughs>
1: his little his little noggle is just like. Hello! <laughs> so, uh, you smuggling a sliver of gold pressed Latin or are you just happy to see me? All right, so we cut it to a scene, and, and, and Cisco's complaining and whining about, oh, ooh, PTSD, get back to work. What are you, shell shot? Get over it, you pussy. Um, complaining about how he's, like, Nog's been sleeping 18 hours a day, and then, da, uh, so he's talking to Ezra, like, you know, he needs to get his shit together.
0: Yeah, he's basically asking his uh counselor to do her damn job. To which she pixie goes, <laughs> "I'm too cute
2: to do anything." Tee Look I, at my pixie haircut.
0: Seriously. I mean, I mean, I mean she's not wrong, but
2: <clears throat> but she's not very convincing either.
0: Well,
1: no, she's not. Uh, Is that the kind of complaint about Esri's character throughout all of Season 7? Is that she's just not very convincing? Yes. Okay, good. I'm not alone. All right, so we cut back down into, apparently, Nog and Jake are sharing quarters? They are. They have been since Jake moved out. Oh, okay. I didn't know that.
0: It was Uh, how they got their odd
1: couple plot in Season 6, probably. I see. So, (laughs) Nog is listening to this fucking jazz song on repeat at, like, volume 13 (laughs) On yeah, repeat so, for so three days. Jake's having some trouble sleeping. I'm I'm starting to think
0: it's not the song. It's that he's trying to go to sleep with the lights on full. Because yeah, he is totally there with the lights on full in bed. Can I
2: point out how strange it is that one, that they're forced to be roommates together. They can't have separate apartments. And two, that they sleep in the same room. Uh, no, oh, I think is... they have adjacent rooms. Jake sure does appear around the corner awfully quick. I assume <clears> that Jake <throat> got up from his bed and, like, Nog's bed is, like, right there beside him, like, a military barracks.
1: Or, or, a, or a sitcom couple in the 50s.
0: They're Bert and Ernie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which is appropriate, because one of them is orange. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he's the short, irritating one. <laughs> I <laughs> want a stick in the mud yes this is perfect I like
0: this <laughs> you see there's nothing that we do on this podcast that cannot be in some way associated with
3: Muppets <laughs> however right. there is a disturbing lack of pigeons on Deep Space Nine
1: yeah because the Fringy ate them all oh is that racist oh sorry Right, no, so, no, actually,
0: the Ferengi wouldn't eat
1: pigeons because they're not bugs. You're slugs. That's true. Yeah. So, Nog just okay, Jake, you motherfucker. He just gets up, grabs his little data stick, goes to the turbo lift, and starts heading somewhere. And, and then and the turbo lift starts having flashbacks of the battle where he lost his leg for uh, reasons. Also, well, yeah. uh, Jake is taking his coping mechanism away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just well, saying what happened. Being in a turbo lift is a, a, the trigger for being on the battlefield because it's <laughs> well. Just I just assume like
0: I, combat. I assume it's more a case of Nog has lost his like focus for distraction. He's lost his Binky. So you know, as he's you know going along without that, it's just getting harder for him to keep it's that. It's just of his head. him
3: and his thoughts.
0: Yeah, and I yeah. can kind of relate to the you know trapped with your thoughts and no way to kind of get away from them thing.
1: Right, right.
3: So uh I'm sure so we've we all that... been
0: there to one degree or another.
1: So before I have to talk XB off a ledge, um, so you're the one who put not... me on the ledge, dude.
2: <laughs> off a ledge and into the oven
3: <laughs> out of the skillet under the leg now this is where I wanted. now is this where it all, now did this also at the scene of where he was like in medbay with Bashir and like saying that we're gonna have to re- cut off the leg
1: um
3: or was that a later flashback I think, I
1: think it's a later flashback yeah I think it's later okay
3: yeah all but right. still while, while we're thinking that that big why would they have to cut off the leg
0: because he got shot by a Hadar weapon, and they do kind of fucked up things. Yeah, it's Polaron. It, like, fries the
1: nerves. Uh, yeah.
0: There was an episode at the start of Season 5, I want to say, where one of the subplots was somebody got shot with one of those weapons, and they just kind of had to sit there and watch while they were stranded somewhere as he bled out, because the wound just would not close.
1: Yeah, Polaron weapons are not are nasty. <clears throat> so Nog has head up to the hollow suite and turn on the Vic Fontaine program because, well well, who can sing a good jazz song? Vic Fontaine can. Well, it was
0: Vic's song to begin with that he was listening to.
1: Yeah. So he goes to the one place he knows he can have some peace and quiet in the middle of the night in the hollow suite. Uh, so he comes in and starts talking to Vic. And he tells him, like, I want to hear the song. And Vic – also, one thing about this episode, I realize I, Lita is wonderful, but Vic is the goodest character in Star <laughs> Trek. <laughs> seriously this guy is like an angel i mean he's like the nicest thing
0: (laughs) and see like it's a good example of how when i was at the age where this stuff was airing first run i was not far enough along to have a lot of it really click with me the way it should because i did not nearly appreciate vic fontaine until way way
1: later yeah, I mean, Vic Von is like, hollow Jesus. This guy is just, he's a saint. He's just, what a wonderful person he is. He's perfectly patient, perfectly understanding, just he's nice. He's Poppins. He's just, it's awesome. He's awesome. He's caring, he wants to help people. Oh my God. He's handsome, tall. A, yeah. Strong. Got a big noggle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> right. so, so, so 15 anyway. versions of the same song <laughs> later
1: so yeah so now, now now, Fort Max here's where the flashback is yeah. uh, as he's listening to the song this is where Bashir had him uh, listen to the song to take his mind off of it uh, you know as they're like well I'm going to start chopping pieces off your body <laughs> listen to this you won't associate the two at all
0: so Nog you know how you're only about four feet tall how would you like to be three <laughs> Uh
1: so, yeah, so he has a flashback of when uh when he had to uh... – yeah. All right, moving forward. So, yeah, we cut back from the flashback yeah, Apparently it's been 15 dis- different renditions of the song, and Vic's like, I got to say, even I'm getting a little tired of this buddy. You, you want to hear anything <laughs> else at all? So which one do you like the best? And Nog was like, the first, the first one. one. And Vic was like, yeah, I kind of knew you would say that. But he, he, anybody else would be snotty. But when Vic does it, it's like friendly and like understanding. I love this guy. Well, that's the way he's programmed. Yeah. Vic Fontaine's the
2: best. Him and his dubious sentience.
1: Yeah, which is even more interesting. He's <laughs> well, such yeah. we'll get to that later more. Mm-hmm. Well see that that's what I like about what differentiates him from like the EMH. EMH he shoves it in your fucking face. <laughs> you know. Well Vic the EMH there's just... no question whether he's alive or not. Vic it straddles this gray area like Is he alive or is he just kind of And it's illusions? almost like he's having fun with it. Right, exactly. That's what I like about it. Vic is like, I don't care. I'm happy no matter what. I love my life. I love doing things. And it, so, so, okay, so something I was explaining to my to my wife when we were watching this was that most other characters, knowing that they are a simulated being in this very bottle shaped, contained little universe, it'd be it'd be hell. It'd be a nightmare scenario, like Nietzschean hell. But for Vic Fontaine, he's in his heaven. It's like, wow, I get to sing lounge songs and live in a Las Vegas hotel in 1962 for all of eternity, and this is my entire universe? That's awesome. <laughs> How great is that? I mean I, there's something about that that just pleases me, that he's living in this this heavenly existence as opposed to most other people like – uh, oh, wait. Wasn't there a TNG episode where they were stuck in a fucking hotel in the 60s, and it was hell? 80s. I think we established it was the 80s, or we yeah. could go further and say
2: uh, Moriarty, who knew he was a hologram trapped in a holodeck and wanted out.
3: Right, exactly. Vic and Von, then hey, got uh, then got put in a uh, sh- in a shuttle that uh, was actually
0: in a shoebox. Uh, he he was, yeah. he was
3: put in a wildlife preserve. Yeah. No, he means, was but I often. he was he the enterprise built a sandbox uh for him. They put him in Minecraft. Uh you beat me to it. He'll be spending about
0: 35 years walking in a straight line till he gets to the uh farlands where the procedural generation stops working. Right, um, the difference between like Vic Fontaine and Moriarty though is that Vic Fontaine was probably always structured to comprehend that he was a simulated being and not have the like crisis that that would entail right programmed to accept it and just be
1: happy about it, yeah yeah, and whether or not it's true sentence or not because what does that even mean, the fact that he enjoys it and he likes it just there's something just so wonderful about that, I don't know. I like it. Yeah, There's, I mean I it's... I
0: like how low key this like third instance of well is this hologram alive or not? You know, like how far are they pushing the boundaries of computer programming when you've got borderline
1: life forms being generated on command now? Right, right. And what does that mean? Are they disposable sentient beings or does each one need to exist independently? Well, all or... sentient beings are disposable.
2: Well, well yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll be I'll be bigger than Elvis. Who? Nah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. back to the episode. I guess. Sure. So anyway, so Vic Fontaine's like, "Oh, how's the leg?" And it's like, "Oh, how did you know about this?" Like, "Oh, people talk. People tell me things." So, so like, not, well. Those...
3: Just like, well, uh, using the kink as uh, it hurt I mean, it always hurts, but it hurts more when I put my full weight on it. Like, makes sense to me. Yeah. That's what canes do. Good job, (laughs) Nog. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Vic was like the perfect one for
0: him to talk to because Vic's not going to argue with him out of hand. I mean, Nog says it hurts, even though the tricorder says it doesn't. Well, what's the tricorder
1: now? It hurts. You know, yeah, and and Vic immediately says, "I believe you." I mean, there's no hesitation, there's no calculation. He goes, "Yeah, buddy, I believe you. You mm-hmm. say it happens, that's the truth." You know, and it's, it's just amazing. And
0: I mean, that's kind of the thing Nog probably was not getting from his real doctors either. Like, yeah, there might not be medical evidence of the pain, but you still believe that the person feels the pain, even if there's not a trigger for that pain that you can read.
1: Right. I'm it's sorry, almost like... Nog,
2: you've got space fibromyalgia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fringy myalgema. uh yeah that's awesome yeah so i'll uh, look at this one's like look i've heard this song so many times and i just don't want to go back to my life i don't want to go back to my quarters i don't want to go do any of this stuff i just want to stay here and be outside of all that for a while get out of my head and Vic's do you, like, give a spare room yeah like where do you i like how he asked him so where do you live and it's, it's kind of a neat question instead of so i wonder if vic already had this or like the program came up with it at this moment or what? I mean, I assume when this program was created, these kind of things were
0: built into it in case the need would arise. Yeah.
2: weapons well, if the user takes the holodeck off script? Exactly. Yeah, and be...
3: it, well, actually not mm-hmm. even that because there was the whole, uh, oceans 11, uh, plot that was built into the hollow, that was built yeah. into the, uh, whole novel. We did that episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but the, that was sitting there lying in wait the whole time. So all this extra information was already in the the program. Yeah, that's kind of what right. I'm saying.
0: Like the uh, Felix who wrote the program probably put a lot of the details in, just you know, trying to account for okay, where might this go in the natural course of using this program for maybe years? Yeah, you kind of need this stuff to make this be a richer, more real environment. Yeah.
3: And um, Vic, Eddie, and even without that, Vic would still need a place to retreat to after he got the ship beat out of him uh, when the <laughs> casino got taken oh, over. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, okay. That's,
1: right. yeah, that's a very good point for it, Max. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So they already had established he had a suite. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, All no, right, that right, episode
3: actually
0: you. comes later in the airing order. Oh. We're, we're just handling them out of order. Oh, yeah, that was
1: the
2: last fun episode of season seven, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. That's why Nog was at the time so invested in participating in the caper I see. Because Vic had nah, already, I... you know, spent
1: weeks helping him get his life back together, so. Right, right. So at this point, Nog asks, like, hey, can I just stay with you for a while? And Vic's like, hey, I, again, without hesitation, sure, man, You're now you're staying with me. That's just all there is to it. I mean, it's just perfectly accepting. How oh, mm-hmm. wonderful.
4: Unlike his dad, who thinks he's a one-legged crazy man. I love that.
1: <laughs> 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 My son is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I know, what a shitty thing to say because he's not one-legged; he has two legs. I'm like, why would <laughs> you even say that? What an asshole!
2: Straight to that.
1: I know, like the first words out of his mouth. Best uh, smash cut. I love the fact that they're having like senior staff meeting and they're talking about this with uh <laughs> with Cisco. It's a all slow
0: people. week in the war,
1: okay? Uh, yeah, let's
2: all get together to uh, talk about Nog's mental state. <laughs> Screw yeah. HIPAA. Everyone's in on this. We we'll even get the
1: janitor, Rom. Come on. <laughs> so the other thing, <laughs> and, the, and the and the Dabo girls. They got the Dabo girls. Also, the, the well, it's the stepmom. Making... I mean, she's got a reason to be yeah. there. Yeah, two good reasons. So one of the <laughs> so... <laughs> one of the other great things about the is they get to make fun of Bashir's. Holocaust yes, programs, I love that. Yes. <laughs> also, one of the confusing things is Jake. Body of a man, voice of a kid. Kind of incongruous. He looks like he's 30 years old, but he still talks like he's 13.
0: Yeah, how does that sit with you, Mickey?
1: (laughs) On your lap? Confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're all friends here. Uh, Yes, but he certainly
4: uh, aged a lot over the seven years of the show.
2: Yes, he did. He went from being like eight to like 30 in the span of seven years. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Being president does that to you. Also, I our...
0: wish at some point we'd gotten to see Bashir's Viking program. Yeah. Because that seems like that would be <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Uh, seeing O'Brien wearing a horned helmet would be
2: worth the price of this Because <laughs> you know, it'd be a slightly askew all the time. If you'd never be on the crate. <laughs> and he'd be so miserable. Like Bashir would be like, ha ha, cold
1: boats. Yeah, he'd be like all like, bundled up. <laughs> O'Brien, like, can't we go home and play darts? <laughs> In a nice pub somewhere. I'd almost rather be with Keiko right now. Whoa, <laughs> oh, whoa, oh, oh, I said almost. let not turn off the program or anything. <laughs> Oh, sure baby, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. <laughs> so, so Bashir, this does have raping and pillaging, right? <laughs> the Vikings, come on. Oh, don't get mad at me. I didn't invent Vikings. All right. So anyway, uh, back in the Hollow Suite, uh, we see Vic in his <laughs> in his uh, in his personal attire, his off-duty attire, I guess, and dogs watching a
0: movie.
1: Yeah, that so yeah just like in mm-hmm. Logan yep actually I have a buddy of mine who's named after, after Shane his his name is Shane you is he he don't say <laughs> <laughs> so I just needed, feel like I need to clarify that alright so anyway Andrew's like, so you're okay with him staying for a while it might help him out and Vic's like a chorus he's a buddy it's fine and Vic just looks so pleased with himself that he's helping somebody too he's like he's so proud to be helping I usually only get to sing for people yeah, this is kinda cool. So again, uh he comes in and just the way the what Nog's wearing the little sweater thing he's wearing, the way he's holding on his skin, he just looks like an old man. It's just amazing to me.
0: Well, he also looks like, you know, period accurate.
2: Yeah. I kinda like how the kid and Shane kinda looks like a Ferengi without ears. <laughs>
1: he does. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Yeah, from the original series episode, he looks like oh fuck, that one he it's an augment virus Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> they can fly by flapping their ears alright so Vic starts complaining about how he can't balance his books he doesn't know how much he literally doesn't know how much money he has he could be in the hole he could be rich he literally has no idea how much money he has because he never checks his books it hasn't of been kind of important stuff. to the program so far
3: right exactly but
1: uh, it's neat that, that that's actually a part of the program and that the Vic... fact
3: that it's and it, part of it is that he's never been online well yeah, that's the longest Actually. he's ever run
0: continuously. Okay, so here's the
2: thing. What if it's the whole thing about the books something the program is specifically inventing for Vic to provide the service to be what Nog needs to, him to be? Of Nog is a Fringy, Fringies like numbers and books and profit. Therefore, the computer, vits a situation where Vic needs someone to run his books, because he knows that Nog will do that, because Vic
3: wants to help Nog. And this will help get Nog's mind off things and po- probably help him just process stuff in the background while having a distraction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. The thing is, he, him having to balance books is, like I guess, convenient, only because it's Nog. So, I don't know, maybe... I like to think that the entire program is Vic, not just the entity that stands yeah, there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right. that the, right. the, the violence in the book thing was something the computer invented on the fly. Right, right. To yeah, yeah. deal with Nog. Yeah, because otherwise nobody would care. I mean, you know, of course. Yeah, I I agree. I like to think that that was intentional by the that by Vic, whatever he is. All right, so, so Ser- Nog is like
3: – Seriously, what? what they need to do is, okay, emergency medical – okay, you already have the – uh EMH. They only just need to make a bunch of Vicks as uh ECHs.
1: <laughs> yes. They do a better job than Esri. That's been proven. <laughs> so uh so Nog is like, hey, let's hang out today. Why don't you take the day off? And Vic's like, well I can't do that, man. I mean I'm a singer. It's what I do. It's my passion. I, I love it. I, I gotta get out there and, and and swing or I go crazy. You know, and it's kind of disappointing to Nog but showing him but Vic is kind of showing him they can't just stop doing living your life. So he's I think they had leading by example. So right there's now. also I'm an important
0: saying... thing here, too, where, you know, Vic's concerned about the money and Nog just says, I can have the computer put more in your account. Yeah. So that becomes important later because at this point, Nog is still thinking of this in terms of, well, it's all just, mm-hmm. you know, a program. None of it's real. I can just change it
1: however I need to. Right. Yeah, so as a, as a gift before uh, Vic leaves, he goes, oh, I got you something. So he has him a, a new cane that's got this giant lion head on it. He goes, oh, it used to belong to Errol Flynn, but this one's a little shorter, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, That was my phone. Somebody somebody from Augusta, Georgia is trying to call me. Sure they are. Bus? Well, unless this person's name is Augusta Gaw. It could be. No, you don't, I'm sure so. it's a real person calling him Augusta and not a robocall. Oh, certainly not. Um, it's so anyway, yeah, he probably needs help. He's probably dying, bleeding in a ditch somewhere. I'll it's get to last it last
3: call I call Scott.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For hate's sake. <laughs> for guilt's sake I'll, I'll make him wear this so, yeah if I'm dying in a ditch I'm going to call the person I like least <laughs> so I have to live with the guilt knowing they didn't pick up when I was dying in a ditch <laughs> so spiteful uh, so he hands him a cane it's got this giant lighthead, head and apparently there's a button on the back that makes the lion's mouth shoot out this little flame which just completely just makes Nog giggly <laughs> which is just adorable well he comes from a world without cigarette lighters <clears throat> novelty true. or otherwise yeah, because they're never stupid enough to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons are superior to humans. All right, so he says it's fragile. It might not hold your whole weight. Into which gives Nog the opportunity to go. Oh, I'm not going to put my whole weight on it. It's fine. And Vic, you know, just like good, good. And Vic can see his plan is working, and I love that. So Vic's already looking to ways to kind of wean him off the uh, off the uh, stick. So tuxedos. Yeah. Now he walks out of the door. Uh, That's
2: the point that you said wean him off the stick. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh oh well, yeah i uh-huh Would you've had once no, you've had noggle you know it's hard to go back <laughs> all right so down in the lounge Vic is singing <laughs> let it go musical notes
2: <laughs> this is yep. where jake has hired some girls to
1: come in <laughs> Because at first I was looking at this girl like, who the fuck is this girl? Who who the hell are you? And I was like, oh, she's Bajoran. He's getting some Bajoran tail. Nice. It's rigged for his pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say. So, yeah, she's lovely, by the way. My goodness. Good job, Jake. <laughs> Damn. Of course, you're seven and a half feet tall, so I guess it's not... <laughs> Totally impressive, I guess. So, again, Nog is sitting there in a tuxedo, kind of with his cane and everything. He he looks like an old, like, retired mob boss or something. He's just like, ah, you know. So Jake comes hey, buddy, how you doing? (laughs) To which Nog is having none of it. Hey, I got an idea, Jake. Why don't you go fuck off? How about that? I've got to balance these books. (laughs) I
3: I like how uh, Nog has now turned into Odo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much he's acting like him. He's all old and grizzled. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so Jake just just kind of, hey, you know, how you doing, buddy? What have you been up to? And Nog's like, I've been here hanging out. Leave me alone.
2: Hanging and out of
1: what? Girl... Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> your girl's so pretty and so clueless.
2: <laughs> and Nog's he... like, remember you told me to leave the apartment? I did. Right. This is all your fault.
0: He wants to get away from his real life. Yeah, Jake, and Jake's
4: just a reminder. Jake of literally
0: that. said, "Go rent a hall suite," and here we are.
2: Yeah. So, Jake. Uh, then, yes, go- Jake. The reminder of what he's giving up walks back
1: in to break the illusion. <gasps> yes, and brings a pretty pejoring girl to to rub it in his face. Hey, Nog! Remember Poon? <laughs> it used to matter to you. <laughs> Yeah, you old pussy hound. What happened? Um. <laughs> so Jake, in his infinite wisdom, goes, I'm going to leave this PTSD vet along with this innocent girl who doesn't know what a joke is. <laughs> who has apparently, like, never been out of her hometown on Bajor. Uh, why, is it, why is it dark all the time on the station? We're in space, sweetheart. I've been I've been trying to explain it to you. When is Sorry. it day? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go for
0: a walk outside.
1: Yeah. Look what? at the starry night. When does the sun rise in space? That's why we never saw her again, because she walked out of an airlock on accident. <laughs> First and last. Uh, so anyway, so she starts just kind of like talking to Nog, and you know, being perfectly pleasant, and reasonable, and lovely, and Nog just basically is like, Go fuck yourself! <laughs> uh, calls him a hero, and he gets all offended angry about it. Yeah, he gets all offended and starts lashing out at her, and basically making it super uncomfortable. <laughs>
2: Well, to be fair, you're a hero. You got a shot.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Well, she's, she's just trying, trying to
0: be nice. But it also means you suck. Well, and that also apparently is what Jake has been saying, which is kind of worse.
1: She starts kind of moving her hands around, going, "You know, actually, I like heroes that weren't shot." I'm just saying, if you're playing Overwatch and the first one down, nobody calls you a hero. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's, so it's one thing for, you know, clueless Bajoran girl to have the whole hero concept because he got shot. But if Jake is also putting that idea out there to people, that's kind of a bigger problem.
1: Yeah. Because Jake should know better. Yeah. So the Bajoran girl, you know, having some self-awareness is like, I think we should go. I don't think Nog's really having this. And Jake's like, well, why? I still don't get it. You're telling me to go. He's telling me to go. Let's stay. <laughs> Okay, so maybe Jake is just a little bit dumb. Yeah, you think?
2: Now I like when Jake leans forward just to like set himself up, be knocked over, <laughs> like on the table. What are you
0: gonna do about it? Pointing
2: to his right.
1: nuts, you know.
0: <laughs> well, no, to put one. all of his weight on the table so Nog can lift the table up and make him fall.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Nog with freaky freaky strength flings over the table, sends Jake halfway across the room, and then immediately jumps on top and starts pounding his face in. Holy shit. That's why you don't mess with little dudes. I I will never pick a fight with a dude shorter than me. I'll stare down a guy bigger, but never smaller. They're feisty. Sometimes I so, get creepily
3: buff. Yeah. So, yeah it, it, it's at low center of gravity. Yes, you're both right.
0: I don't know. So, with the size of his head, I imagine the center of gravity is pretty high. <laughs> uh, he just swings around like a giraffe neck. <laughs> um <laughs>
2: It's like a chibi Gundam walk around in a Starfleet uniform. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's adorable. Uh, so Vic, being the ever hero, he jumps in and immediately pulls him off and goes, "Hey, hey, hey, what are you doing?" Checks on Jake, and then looks at Nog and says, "Get the fuck out! You don't start fights in my place," which is the right answer. Mm-hmm. You know, not shitty. Just you don't hit customers in my club. Now get out of here. And that's you know because Nog needed that to know that that was not okay. Yeah, there there are boundaries. I kind of like, though,
2: that when Nog leaves, he doesn't leave the program. He leaves to fix apartment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, all he he was told to do was get out of the club. Right, right.
1: Uh, So back on the station. Uh, Yeah, so Nog is just kind of like in his disheveled tuxedo watching TV. Vic comes in after a set. Uh, He goes, you know, what are you doing still up? He's like, ah, I couldn't sleep. Vic's like, do you mind turning down the TV? So turns it off, and they have a little heart-to-heart. I think this is – so Nog tries to apologize, and Vic's like, hey, you don't know to apologize to me. I'm not the one you hit. You're the one who hit your best friend and <laughs> scared his girl. You're the dick here. You didn't hurt me. <laughs> Nog's like, well, can I come back tomorrow? And Vic's like, not if you're going to be hitting customers. So it, it's just, it's an, it is an interesting dynamic here because Vic, is, again, isn't coddling him, isn't um, enabling him.
0: And at but some still, level, it's too, it's I think this is
1: something Nog had to
0: get out of his system, and the holosuite kind of provided the means for that without any real lasting consequences. You know, Jake's
1: not a program, right? He's a real person.
0: But he's also Jake, though he has no spine.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: You know, if um, he had, if he had done that out on the promenade or whatever, Odo would have him in a cell. You know, it would be oh, okay. it would
1: be worse than it was. Oh, completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, he had to blow some of the frustration and steam yeah. and everything he left out. So maybe he didn't have to, but. No, I no, good. no, I think he I think he had to. Yeah. And so this is where Vic kind of goes, man, I, I am tired. I've never been tired before. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, I'm tired. I've never been on so long. I actually worked a full day. I actually need sleep, <laughs> <laughs> which is. And this is, again, where it starts expanding with what, what Vic is, is very interesting. We, well, and it culminates with the line, Vic, when you go to sleep, do you dream?
0: Which they just kind of hang there, but still, I mean... Uh, I, I don't like know that. if he'd slept before. <laughs> do androids
4: dream of Mareep?
0: <laughs> I know I do. Yeah. I. I
4: just, well, um... Ampharos is your
0: favorite Pokemon. Yeah, pretty much. You admitted that?
3: What? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs>
0: Moving
3: on. What? Um, I mean, who does? What does he currently have in a char helmet uh, as his Twitter uh, avatar?
0: (laughs) Well, nothing. I actually have uh, Mega Ampharos Quattro this week. That's like four of them, right? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't that that mean four cheeses? Mm, Four cheeses. Quattro (laughs) Quattro formaggio. (laughs) Let's speak Italian. All right. So, yeah, I like. Yeah, I like that. the whole thing was. We'll get it.
0: So. You know, yeah, is like, this oh, can is, you this is also, yeah, this is also where the bookkeeping thing comes in.
1: Right, right. And Nod just smiles and goes, I'm a Ferengi. Of course, it's in our blood. Eh? I, I you like know he that. Doesn't ha- yeah, you know, he's been in, in Starfleet and stuff, and and honestly, he's never really given any aptitude to doing this kind of stuff. He
0: but he has a it.
1: natural aptitude to doing this stuff. Right. <laughs> I like how Vic goes, here's your computer, hands him a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's 1962, what do you want from me?
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: But at the same time, Nog's not really fazed by that, because he's a Ferengi. He can do this in his head if he has to.
3: Right, right. He doesn't even need the pencil. Probably no, not.
1: No. Yeah, the, the, the response that Vic gives, like, do you dream? It's just, it's so interesting to me. He just kind of like, just kind of smirks at it, and just kind of knowingly says good night, how he, how he so obviously doesn't answer it. That, yeah. something about that, just, I don't know why. Well, and i
0: I again I like in universe that they're kind of questioning how far does this holographic programming
3: actually go, and right. i also I like to imagine that in Universe, this is the first time he's worked a full night, yeah, he mm-hmm. says as much yeah. and yeah, yeah. It, so the first time he's tired and he's like, "Well, we'll find out, won't we He yeah, says yeah.
0: later he says later in the episode that the longest he had ever run before was about six or seven hours,
2: right. So I get tired after uh, about five minutes of running.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Esri shows up into the casino, and there's Vic doing one of his off-duty things. He's a nice gray suit, you know. He's sitting there playing poker with the boys, which telling, is one of the things telling he does. Stories. Well, telling stories, but ostensibly playing poker with the boys. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's uh, all—it's
0: all kind of the—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's all part of the environment, like. Right. Right. He, he has the time now to sit around and tell weird stories
1: with his poker buddies. Yeah, so I went to Thailand and we all thought that she was hot until, you know.
0: <laughs> and
1: that's uh, how I lost my nose.
3: <laughs> I am gone. In case you can't hear, I am glaring
1: at you right now. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> that can mean anything. <sighs> Stop. Don't get me in trouble anymore than I already am with Fort Max. Um, all I said was about a nose. Yes, yeah, thank you. So, I thought we were going a
2: chess tournament.
1: Yeah, that's because I have to admit Thai people are extremely good at chess. Uh, so Ezri comes on uh, onto the hollow suite and is talking to Vic. Vic immediately gets up and you know she he needs to talk to her. Ezri's like, "Okay, I think I've decided Nog is done healing now. He should get back to the real world. Let's go and shut all this down. Shut it down, everybody. He's done. He's fixed. We fixed him." Troy would never just you know
0: take him away from this involuntarily.
1: Let's just unplug him Smash and drag him out. Smash
0: to eating chocolate ice cream on tin foil. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Ezra is just like, nope, he has a face reality sometime. Let's just do it now. Unplug it. You know, like what? What the fuck? Did she just wake up this morning and decide today's the day? I wonder which Dax told her this. Curzon. <laughs> that sounds about
0: right.
2: The Dax now, that it... was a
1: murderer. <laughs> <laughs> the Jack the Ripper trill um red jack uh so vic immediately goes well wait a minute he you know he's still recovering he's doing better if he's doing better why stop what's going on you know and and vic gives a very good case of no you shouldn't push him let him do his own thing and esri looks at him like he's speaking latin (laughs) she doesn't look at her face it's like you're saying words i don't there's too many syllables
4: no, you see, you don't understand. I'm the counselor. That means whatever I say is right. I, yeah,
0: I, no, I think, I think Barry's right. I think that's more of what the look she's giving him is saying. Yeah. She's kind of Which incredulous she, that the holodeck program is trying to tell her how to counsel her.
1: That he's uh, mansplaining
0: we, being a counselor to her.
1: <laughs> because only counsel, counselors are only female, so that's a valid point. Um <laughs> So Vic immediately goes, yeah, according to Starfleet regulations, he can recover how he chooses. And then the look on Ezra's face like, oh, damn, he's good. Oh, you know about
3: Wait, that. Wait, who told you the regulations? I did.
1: did tall glass of water? She's not that much taller than him. I know, but still taller, which is just funny <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh. So yeah, Vic goes into like yeah, the kid's amazing at bouncing books, and he says the government owes me money, which is a nice you know continuation of the books thing. Uh-huh. Um, so he he comes to talk to Vic and goes, "I've been studying the books. I figured it all out. This place is making a ton of money. We need to expand." To which Esri completely missing the point goes, "This is a hollow suite." <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a hollow suite. You can change it whenever you want. You dumbass. That's the point. <laughs> what? How does she know? <laughs> It may be a hollow suite, but it doesn't mean it can't be successful. Right. So Esri's still confused. Just like they walk away from her, she's just going, "I don't hollow suite. There's expanding. What? Can see? I don't. What? <laughs> <laughs> pathetic. Just pathetic. I'm sorry. Like,
3: are they going to? Like, are they going to take down the wall in between this hollow suite and the next one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Quarks not gonna like
0: that. Oh, it's God. a load bearing bulkhead, <laughs> <laughs> well, why't they just turn off the gravity plating underneath it? oh
1: man uh so anyway so we we kinda we fast forward i guess uh some time later and uh there's uh nog and and Vic and their their casual wear going over blueprints for the brand new casino they're gonna build in Vegas, which is awesome, and so there's a song now we're in a montage so they're all business partnery buddy buddy doing stuff and living. And life. you see on how is
3: dogs using his cane less and less and eventually to really only using it uh, as an accessory.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yep, use it to light a lady cigarette and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. You just or to
3: swing around or just swing it around all fancy like.
1: Yes, <laughs> and then at one
0: point Esri is sitting in the lounge. Probably waiting to ambush Nog again, and she actually sees that yeah he's not even using the cane anymore. So she gets up and leaves, and then smash cut to Troy eating chocolate and tin forward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ezra, you're the worst. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. It's seeing seeing Nog, Nog better than Ezra. Oh yeah. Well, I think we all knew that. And she's also better than Ezra. <laughs> oh God damn it. Oh, that hurt. Oh, you got me, you bastard. That hurt. All right. Yeah, song montage is still going. Nog has grown schmoozing with people and doing things. Okay, so at this point, I couldn't help but wonder. Okay, so Nog is a Ferengi from Ferenginar. Totally different culture. Yeah, songs and cultures and bedtime stories of a completely different alien culture, different planet, different everything. And yet he's completely endured himself in a few days or weeks uh, in this very specific Earth American 1962 world, can you imagine doing that yourself to an aliens program of their culture in some obscure time frame and everything else? What is that like for Nog to live in a such a human world?
0: Well, I mean, Nog has been living in a human world for at least the last five years.
1: Yeah, five yeah, years.
0: Nog's already kind of human worshiper. Is he? I mean, he didn't uh, start out that way, but his friendship with Jake kind of opened that door for him. Yeah, um, starting with root beer, and okay. you know, going as far as I want to join the academy.
1: Sure, sure. So, but I guess my question is, as a thought experiment, I'm trying to imagine what like if I were to join some alien culture's hollow suite. Right, I but what
0: we're, a... what we're saying is that it's not the hollow Not know really. If the lions have
2: hollow suites. <sighs> don't what now? I don't know if the Ryans have hollow suites. I think you just fucked them in person.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um, but no, I mean, what we're saying is that the hollow suite is not the like immediate immersion point. He's had that for years, and you know, he's been living on Earth before this.
3: And he, oh, and he's prob- he's clearly been in Vix before this. I don't, yeah,
0: th- yeah. I don't think he had.
1: Well, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to think of a parallel. I'm trying to imagine what it would be like to live in an aliens holodeck program. You know, about about their ancient world, how weird that would be. If if a human could get you as as comfortable and used to it as Nog is in this one.
0: Well, if you remove the language barrier, that's a big help. I mean,
1: sure. Let's assume that's true. I mean, this is Star And the right? fact that it's that
3: on like all holodeck programs, it well almost all it's programmed that oh. They just—they just don't care that uh, you don't look human.
1: Right, right, yeah, yeah. Assuming all that, but still living in like in a, in a alien's culture, uh, it just seems really strange. Like a foreign exchange student, kind of, sort of, but like extreme, like different species from different parts of the galaxy. I mean, that's pretty. Like, say, if you went to France, about like that. We are from France. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, just just, just thinking about that. Something crossed my mind watching this episode.
0: No, I mean, mean, I'm not going to discount the notion there, but, like, Nog has had the slow build-up to immersion in human culture. This is not really – I don't think this would be, like, the shocking thing you're suggesting it might be.
1: Well, yeah, not for Nog. I agree. If it it was, like, Quark or something, yeah, that would make no sense at all. Well, yeah, that's Uh, why Quark doesn't hardly go there. (laughs) Oh, agreed. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, Also –
1: well also, also, he's a competition. He
3: sees Vic as a competitor,
0: yeah.
1: so
3: Yeah, that's
0: true, which is hilarious. <laughs> the competitor that, you know,
3: is in his place of business. That mm. he rent that people pay to uh Yeah. <laughs> people when people go to Vic's, he still gets paid by them.
1: <laughs> that's a Zanatos gambit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I like uh, I like the little at the end of the song cork out cork. Nog gives a little that little cool hey guy point, and then you know, uh, Vic gives it back to him. That's such a that's such a cute <laughs> '60s kind of hey, you know, ha, <laughs> hey pal, you know. <laughs> so like, really cute scene of of Nog going up to the bar, going, "You're giving them too much garnish. They want drinks, not a salad or something like that." Which. <laughs> So he's going around just, like, running shit. He's like, oh, I'll pay for that bill. Oh, how are you doing? You do this. You do that. He's, like, totally into it. Just totally in his element, running he's, a business. Yeah, he's become the manager. Yeah, it's fantastic. Which is very frenky.
0: And if it wasn't a holodeck program, he would probably be broke by now. Probably. Well, I I mean, his whole thing when he was appealing to Cisco to go to the academy was like, I saw my father in a dead end life where, you know, profit was impossible for him, and I am my father's son. Like, you know, I know there's no future for me being a traditional Ferengi. I need something more out of my life that my father never had the courage to go for. Right. Even though
1: he ended up doing so later, but, you know. Yeah, speaking of Rom. Uh, he shows up with Lita, and they sit at a table. And he, he immediately goes, he starts belittling his son's accomplishments. Yeah, these are holographic profits. You suck. Well, and that's that's the you know payoff
0: to the thing earlier where Nog's saying, "I can just have the computer put more money in your account." Now Nog's all invested in like, we are making so much fake money.
1: Well, yeah, the thing is, like, because they're not putting in cheat codes, they're playing it straight. So, you know, you actually get that sense of accomplishment. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean,
0: Nog is getting so, like, fixated, locked into the program as his reality. Like, that's the progression we're supposed to see from that first point to where we are right now. Nog's become totally wrapped up into this, where he's rejecting any other concept of reality besides the holosuite. Right,
1: which is starting to push the needle towards unhealthy instead of recovery. Right. So... Which is Yeah, good he's cause... starting
3: to get into Barclay, ter- Barclay territory. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: <laughs> In some yes. respects, I would say he's gotten worse than <clears throat> Barclay territory, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like I was dad asking, like, Rom asking, was like, so, you know, fake profits. He's like, yeah, so, what's new with you? He just moved right past. <laughs> uh-huh. It. I love that. So, Rom got a promotion, so now he's a maintenance engineer, first class, which is pretty cool. He's king of the janitors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and 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 Rom is, I mean, yeah, Nog is, is generally happy for him. You know, that's yeah. great. He's like, oh, we'll have a party here. We'll close down everything. Da-ka-da. And then they started saying, well, something happened in the real world that you missed because you're too wrapped up in your little video game. You didn't come out of your room. Oh, you it's okay. I was really busy. I probably couldn't have gotten away anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to
5: come. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your aunt left and you weren't out here to say goodbye. So you've hurt her feelings. Wait, what? Projecting right. a little bit there, Scott. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so he's like, oh, I gotta go schmooze with some people. So he just, like, leaves his parents, just bah. So Ezra's up at the bar watching, going, wow, he's doing so great. And Vic goes, yeah, I told you, I was right, you dumbass. I even saw him run up a flight of stairs the other day. Yeah. I saw him karate kick a hobo out of here. Didn't have any money.
0: So apparently now
3: they're planning to go and take a weekend in uh, Lake Tahoe yeah yeah, yeah like and then as does the one productive thing she's actually done which is remind vic that uh yeah remember this was uh medical
1: leave yeah oh they got a
4: little too caught up
1: yeah, yeah. and vic's enjoying it because like things were happening in his lives gonna go up, you know the uh, time go... he's getting to sleep yeah but... Uh, I like the fact that he points out he, uh, he's going to go performing at the Calneva. I've been to the Calneva. It's really cool. <laughs> and it still looks very 60s. They call it that because it's right on the border between California and Nevada, right in the middle of Lake Tahoe. Half the hotel's in California, the other half is in Nevada. How does the uh, taxation work on that? I don't know. The bar was only on the California side, so I don't uh... know. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, so yeah, it's talking about plans and everything.
0: Yeah, this, I think this is where. You you go into detail about this novelty hotel, and I'm just thinking, huh? How do the tax codes break down with that? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, am the most
1: joyless person in the world. I'm telling you.
3: That's
1: the difference between <laughs> of us. I'm happy to eliminate.
3: <laughs> I wonder if it may just come down to which state is the front door in. Yeah, right I right mean, the how does the... their
0: water bill work? <laughs> which side is the basement on? They just pump all the sewage into the lake. So That's the power chamber's in. <laughs> so are the uh, trigger magnum
3: sounds on the other side? Yes. Good times. So, no, is this Esri... It's got a barrier over here wondering what the
1: hell we're talking about. No, I think Barry oh, is I up to speed. I'm not wondering. I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I, I pretty, literally could not care less about whatever taku
0: bullshit you're talking about right now. I'm pretty sure Barry's up to speed on this, being that he is a listener.
4: Yeah, I understand.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: now, he may Barry also not engineers. give a fuck, but he is up to speed. Barry, you need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this, you are just taking over the podcast, and I don't think I can take it anymore. We're we going we to give you the bus treatment, I swear. We're going to have to ban you for several episodes. <laughs> Oh, you mean at Lord Taco on Twitter
2: and uh, Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so at this Damn
1: point in the episode, Ezra starts doing this weird passive-aggressive, oh, oh, you're like doing the hotel thing. You're making him think he can actually do this. You're you're tricking him into doing, you know, to, he thinks he can live his whole life in a hollow suite. And, well, you sure are getting him good. And Vic's like, no, I'm not doing any of that. Why would you say those terrible things? And then the things? program generates a light bulb over Vic's head. Yeah. Yeah, at which point Vic kind of goes, oh, yeah, he is a real person. I got to let him out of (laughs) here. Shit. And
0: see, this is another point in the episode where you have to stop and think, like, okay, how sophisticated is this program? Like, he is having an internal thought process right now and making, like, associative leaps here. Mm -hmm. Or at least giving the impression of it. It's just The more you kind of dig into something like a hollow program like this, you kind of have to wonder, like, what kind of boundaries are they pushing?
1: Yeah, and I like that Vic. that, yeah, he is considering – he is thinking – what he's thinking of is what's best for Nog. He's looking at him from across the room going, okay, what what is best for him? Because at I this point, that.
0: Vic has made the association that while Vic has been having the opportunity to have essentially a real life for the last two or three weeks, mm-hmm. he has slowly been taking Nogs away from him in the process. Right, right. So, yeah, that needle is kind
1: of – like I said, has hit that barrier. Now it's that's becoming really unhealthy. really cool. Yes, it is. It's fantastic. That's one. This is. Mm-hmm. That's why this is such a fantastic episode. The yeah, writing. Yeah, I, I love the way this yeah. just does the heel I mean, turn if, at this if, point.
3: If this was like around. if Vic was just a actual person with a business on the promenade, this episode wouldn't have had nearly as much punch. Yeah,
0: I mean, it could have been interesting in a completely different way, but it wouldn't have
1: been this kind of notable i guess right well one thing i think is interesting is okay so i just you know they're back up at in Vic's room back in the suite and Vic is finally saying hey i think we're done this isn't real you need to get back to your real life it's time for you to go Da-da-da-da. and he's like this isn't real so if they did do this in a real business on the promenade they couldn't use that line yeah you know uh, nog would just be kind of trapped and whatever he was doing, unless it that would essentially be
3: like a bit between: do I resign my commission and uh, stay right. here, or do I go back?
1: Precisely, precisely. And here, he doesn't have much of a choice but to go back to be in Starfleet. But yeah, that's that's exactly where I was going. So it would have been great uh-huh. as an
0: alternate for this if Nog had like taken an apprenticeship at the Klingon restaurant for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just want more of the Klingon restaurateur, because he seemed pretty cool in his two appearances. Yeah. Fat Klingons.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Fat, jolly Klingon.
3: We need to do those episodes sometime. Well. We did
1: one. Any time they reference a Klingon that isn't a warrior, it makes me happy. Did we actually do Malora, or did we just watch it? Yeah, we did Malora. Because Bashir took her there.
0: Okay, but we also just, like, watched that episode the last time I was there. Oh, did we?
3: Yes. Yeah, I'm I covered sure it. we haven't done this, that episode. Oh, well, shit, I thought we'd covered it. <laughs> no, we just... I, I haven't seen any Fat Klingon, so I, I've, I've heard it meant, the restaurant mentioned. Yeah, so uh, uh, Fat Klingon... That'll be on our list, then.
0: Fat Klingon appears in Melora and also in, I think, Playing God, uh, both season two episodes. <laughs> It's like looking at JD in
2: a Klingon outfit.
0: <laughs> oh damn! Jumping up and down, and nobody so, noticed.
1: <laughs> so I yeah, thought the Klingon just... was wearing pants. Terrifying! <laughs> so much jiggling.
4: So yeah, Vic just rips the band-aid right off.
1: Yeah. So Vic is like, "Look, she I'm not even a, a doctor." Yeah, I'm not even a person. So yeah, and like how Vic kind of like diminishes himself and trying to convince Nog to do this because in a lot of in a lot of ways Vic is a person, but he's you know trying not to convince Nog. Yeah. So look, I've slept. I have played cards with the boys. I get to read the newspaper. It's like, been amazing. Exactly a,
3: yeah, actually, I've had a lot. Awesome. And in that montage of stuff, I did like the shot of Vic reading, uh, just opening the sports. Uh, dog opening the business section. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cute. just perfectly timed to where they were doing the same motions at
1: once. Yeah. So Nog Joe's, uh, but I'm happy here. I don't want to go anywhere else. I'm happy here. Yeah, Vic this has is where Aaron Eisenberg
0: done... really pours on the really, really
1: good performance
0: this episode.
1: Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, Aaron just does an just amazing job in this episode. So, yeah, this is where he starts going, I don't want to leave. And Vic's like, this isn't real. There isn't a here at all. You've got to go back to your life.
4: And when Nog refuses to, he shuts off the program.
1: Yeah, and this is is amazing. And and to me, again, this shows how awesome Vic is. Vic is willing to sacrifice for his friends and the people he cares about. And to the point of, you know, he'll basically make himself go non-existent for a while. That's amazing. Yeah, he turns his own program off. And then locks it. it. Yeah, that's amazing.
0: He basically pushes Nog out and locks the door behind him. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's effectively what he's done. Yeah. The only other, the, way, the only way to make that more literal would be as if Vic called for the exit and he, you know, forced Nog to the door and then had Seal behind him. Picked him up by his waistband and threw him out. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nog lands, yep. bad and breaks his new leg.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, leg. no, no,
3: he breaks his other leg. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Turns into Ace Ventura with the spears. Ah! ah!
5: ah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we we get back inside the uh, the turned off hollow suite. Uh, Nog has got a panel off and is working furiously to try to do something. Uh, <laughs> Miles O'Brien comes in. And is like, so fucking with hollow suite, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got like a blip on my uh, my system report that somebody was fucking with my shit. Uh, could you stop? <laughs> like, well.
3: The program is like, Yeah, well uh Vic can just turn himself off like that and uh he won't turn back on until he wants until he feels like it.
0: And then Nog so the asks, allows it. And yeah, and then Nog asks the hanging question, Does that mean he has free will? To which
1: he gives the best response. Yeah. I'm an engineer, not a philosopher. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> I love that.
1: <laughs> Excellent. And that's not like something that, that he would say.
0: Yeah. It's stuff that O'Brien does not really need to concern himself with. No. For his for his own sanity and ability to sleep at night.
1: <laughs> yeah, considering the shit he's been through. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. O'Brien no, but... leaves
0: and Vic pops back up and, you know,
1: has a heart-to-heart with Nog. Yeah. All right, let's kind of move forward a little bit. Yeah. All right, so yeah, O'Brien leaves and Vic pops back up. Let's fast forward a little bit. And, and Vic... As they kind of lay it out to him, it's like, dude, you have a life. That's a precious thing. Go enjoy it. And then Nog finally breaks down and kind of kind of, really lays out. It's like, I'm scared. That's what he goes to. And then this performance of him being just emotionally wrecked and finally just breaking down all this barrier he's been building up and just lets it all out to Vic. This is amazing. What an amazing scene. And Vic has the best line here too. Like, if you stay, you will die.
0: It'll take a while. It'll be, you know, yeah, piece by piece, but eventually you're going to become just as fake as I am. There's not going to be any of the real person left in you.
1: Yeah, just as hollow, which is just,
0: wow, you know. See, that's a double meaning. It's like a pun.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Hey Mickey. appreciate that. You're welcome so yeah yeah i mean just nog is just just letting it out like talking about how he went to the war he you know he thought oh i'll be a hero i can do this and he saw other people get hurt but he still felt invulnerable i guess uh, to me this shows how young he is he's still so young he feels he's invulnerable even if he sees the person next to him die but when something finally happened to him that's when he felt his own mortality and that's what this comes down to he finally realized his own mortality and he couldn't face it and which is perfectly reasonable and valid you know that's what an amazing character I, development.
2: Somewhat the way he phrases it seems kind of cheap, though. What do you mean? Like, make? if you are Nog, mm-hmm. and you felt those things, expressing that way would be fine and be accurate because you believe it. But hearing it written as fiction, it seems a little after-school specially. I realized then that I could die, too. I mean, his acting is better of that, of course, but the, <laughs> the way it was written specifically right. is a
1: little... On the nose?
2: It is. Uh, it's
1: it still has the Chartrek uh problem of wrapping things up a little too quickly at the end. Uh, and this this scene is a little bit like that. they are wrapping things up a little too quickly. Not 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 egregious, but yeah, you're right. A little too quick. Like one conversation is really what it kind of came down to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't mind editing out some of the fluff earlier. Right.
2: To expand uh cut the montage down a minute or
0: two. More. Yeah or
1: yeah. Yeah, so it's a we... it's a yeah, it's a matter of minutes, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean that's just how how well made this episode is. I mean that's the only, you know, <laughs> the twenty five years after the fact we're looking at this. <laughs> and uh, like, Nog, yeah, uh...
3: here's this one part of it that maybe could have been better.
1: Exactly, right, right, right. right. We've done a lot um, worse. Yeah. So Nog bucks up, gets to the edge of the door, takes a sniff, and walks through. And, and leaves, he
4: leaves the cane behind.
1: Yep, leaves the cane behind. Uh, so back in Quark's bar, uh, we have uh, Quark, Rom, and Lita who are discussing it, kind of discussing how how well he's doing. And look around the corner and come down the stairs. There's Rom.
0: Yeah, because Rom or Lita or says knock. that Quark should go and see him to see how much he's improved, which to me implies Quark probably has not been
1: up there the whole time. Yeah. Well, he knows better than going to Hollow Suite that there's a teenage boy in. So, <laughs> yeah, he knows what those things are for. Right, right, right. So, I like this line too. This is really good. Is it when when uh, Nog comes down the stairs and you know everyone asks him, "Are you okay?" It, his answer is perfect. No, but I will be. And that's 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 I like that. Because that's the way this stuff works. Nothing well, happens and then, okay. So, and
0: speech. I'm going to go back to Mickey's point here. Like, that particular phrasing feels kind of very direct and after school, especially to use his description. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there are other ways to phrase that where it would feel more real or, or just, natural in
1: the situation, in the or moment. Or just
3: getting better, or.
1: Well. I, the way I look at it, I gave it the it could have been worse award. I'll pin that to the chest of this yeah, episode. Yeah. That could have been a lot worse. He just said, yep, I'm fine now, and everything would have been Star Trek hunky-dory, which would have been bullshit. The fact that he said, no, I'm not okay, but the, the change is now he knows he will be eventually, and that's the important part. I think you could have simplified just by saying not yet. Yeah, possibly.
0: Yeah, no, that would work. That would work. Yeah.
1: Alright, so uh, some undetermined amount of time passes. Uh... Nog in Starfleet uniform walks into the hostel, turns on the program. Vic's sitting there looking at his books and is just pleased as punch to see Nog. Hey, nice clothes. And again, because Vic can see through the fake illusion and can see them in their actual forms, which is interesting, unlike other holo programs. So Nog explains, Oh, I'm in part time right now, basically, because I'm easing back into my duties. He says he feels older. <laughs> yeah. So. No, he's like, hey, thanks for everything you did. And Vic, always gracious, says, ah, don't worry about it. You would do the same for me. What a great guy. What a great guy. God <laughs> damn. So
0: as a reward for helping out, he's now going to be saddled with the burden of, burden of a life for 26 hours a day, seven days a week, for, you know, until the station blows up. Right. Have fun with that. Yep. The nightmare of so- existence. <laughs> Have you ever pooped before? Well, you're going to (laughs) now. I mean, it's the 60s. I can't imagine his diet is the best, but he must have at some point in the three weeks or so Nog was living with him.
1: That's true. That's got to be an interesting experience. I've never pooped before.
0: (laughs) That's how this goes. That's that's the one thing we were missing from that Q
1: is Turned Human episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Vic turns around and is just ecstatic. He gets to be alive all day, every day. And uh, uh, just a joy on his face, and Uh, he immediately...
0: Enjoy the novelty while it lasts, Vic. (laughs) You'll be regretting this soon enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Long after the thrill of living is gone. Uh, So it goes into another musical number, because why not? Hey, get the world on a string. Okay. Erpa derpa dippe doo, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. He just sings uh sings us off. Plays us off. What does that mean? So there we go. That was a, uh, that was only a paper moon. Thoughts? Good episode. It is a good episode. Barry, what do you think?
0: It was a good episode. God damn it, Barry. Stop copying us. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. This is why it's been five years since I've asked you to be on the show. Oh, fuck. Uh,
1: Barry's never been that long, that.
0: has it? I don't know. It's plausible, though, isn't it? Well, how long has it been since you've actually done Toku? <sighs> Not long enough. <laughs> uh, it has been probably uh, 80 episodes. Because for a while nope. we were trying to do Toku and Star Trek when... side by
3: side. When did we do the Power Rangers movie?
0: Which one? The
2: new one. Um, That doesn't really count, though. That was a
0: week or two after it came out, wasn't it? That was a Superhero Time special event. Yeah, that was that one episode of Star Trek presents Superhero Time the movie. No, that was
3: Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek presents Superhero Time the movie.
0: Yeah. I was trying to simplify it a little bit, but yes, you are correct. (laughs) Thank you, Fort Max.
1: Or Max is not to be trifled with.
0: Um, no, we started doing the Star Trek podcast in 2015.
1: Yeah, sounds about right.
0: I mean, it would have had to been. There's only 52 weeks in a year, and probably I mean we sure as hell don't do every week. Right, right. We'll... Had to have been around Drive when
4: you gave up on Toku.
0: <sighs> yeah. I mean, we made it all the way through Tokyo-ger. What came after ger Nin Ninja. Well, we certainly gave up on that. I don't know if he
1: could just say that. Are you allowed to just say that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: It's accurate. It's uh-huh. not a slur. <laughs>
1: all right. Second. All right. So the real question is, what are we watching next week? Oh, I don't know. Hey, Mickey. Port Max. Yeah, I'm going to put this on Mickey cuz he always criticizes Berry. my
0: decisions. Okay. Um hmm. How about we do some hairy Mud? Oh, is that Are you Okay, so I Mud then. Flirting? Is Mud the woman not good? I like I Mud better.
2: Okay. Then we'll do I Mud hmm. because it seems appropriate at the moment.
0: Yeah, let's. I agree. Also we haven't done original series in how We really week. haven't
2: done enough original series in general.
0: We haven't done original series in like 2 weeks. Yeah. The problem is like we've discovered that it's kind of hard to do original series cuz there's so much going on and there's also kind of so much not going on in between things going on.
2: Yeah. Original series, it, you really got to hope for one like of those magic episodes like "Wolf in the Fold," yeah. <laughs> where it's just nonstop insanity from scene to scene, where every
0: scene's a delight. I mean, mm-hmm. how could you predict Piglet being a murderer?
2: <laughs> and well... the solution is to get the entire crew of the Enterprise high on drugs, <sighs> and
0: then beam Piglet out in space. <laughs> My God, how could you predict that Piglet's voice actor would look like Piglet? <laughs> <laughs> That's the real moral of that episode,
1: yeah that was such a weird fucking episode, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the ones where even watching it i was I remember being shocked watching it going, Is this real life? <laughs> what is going on <laughs> I, was, I was confused watching it,
2: or the episode where they went to this insane asylum with the the guy who was overacting every line of dialogue, yeah the one that had Lord guards
1: yeah. yeah
3: oh yeah oh you mean the uh main character of the show
1: oh also green bat girl yes um so i've heard some some rumor that that Lorca turns into garth of Izar because he's all crazy military leader Eh, i'm not buying yeah. that nah, me either i just somebody mentioned it it's like oh someone else knows about garth of Izar. okay great so that was interesting
0: that's all yeah, someone else knows about this character that was in an episode of Star Trek that's been around for fifty years. Imagine that.
5: Well, you know,
0: it's just inconceivable. Actually,
2: I do know what happens to Lorca. Do you? I certainly do.
1: And what's that?
2: I think we're gonna find out as soon as I can copy and paste.
1: Oh shit! Oh shit!
2: Whoop. <laughs> what?
1: Oh fuck you, man! Ah. <laughs> Lorca, fuck you. Uh It's a a picture of. Okay, let's make it a picture of Lorca. From Thundercats.
2: No, it's not. Oh, Jesus. It's from Tiger Sharks.
1: Entirely different show. Yeah, yeah, just
2: like Silverhawks was totally unique. Look, Tiger Sharks had a spaceship with a sail. So hold on.
1: (sighs) God damn it. You're going to sing the fucking whole theme song, aren't you? No, I'm going to aggressively state it at you. I'm actually better with that. that. That that I could, like, handle. I don't All think right.
0: Hey Mickey's willing to sing while he knows I'm recording. <laughs> he Not knows only sing to people over the phone while I'm drunk.
3: So uh, That's why so, I stopped yeah. taking your
1: calls. <laughs> stop, putting up, stop opening up the pictures, you DM me. All right. So, I iMud. Uh, yeah, so this is when we had the, the Planet of Robot Women.
0: Well there is robot dudes Oilers. too. Because oh, you need somebody to kill the robot spiders.
2: <laughs> oh, right. we we get to meet uh Mud's wife that he mentions.
1: Oh or, yeah, uh, the
0: one the representation of her at least.
1: Yeah, the one he bought the moon for. Yeah. Alright, cool. So uh so Barry, uh who who tricked you into doing this? Uh the leader of the show. So, I not do anything. <laughs> Fort Max. <laughs> <laughs> There's a leader? Yeah. There's someone to blame for this shit show?
0: That's good to know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that everybody involved has denied any responsibility. I think that's on the entrance
1: exam, oh. in fact. Well, that's also why no one uses their real name or identity on their show. It's that embarrassing. Like, yes, Scott Kelly together. from Sacramento, California. Yeah, say, I'm not going to run for president one day. I don't care. Well, you don't know that for yeah, your sure. Exam. Also, uh, <laughs> we're using Barry's real name. That's true. Barry. Which isn't short for barricade, I guess.
2: Which is actually short for straw
1: barricade. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> Was it like a castle made out of hay bales? No. Straw, straw barricade? No. All
2: right. Why do you have to ruin? Is it everything? too late to kick him from the call for that? Or... Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Got to mark down to put the hang up noise in. The what noise? What? What noise? Hang up? Oh. What did you think I said?
2: I didn't hear it. Again. The 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 boop came in over it. Oh.
0: Well, I assume Scott's not going to come back at this point, since we're basically done with the show anyway. So, uh, Barry, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being along for the ride. You certainly carried the show this week, Barry.
2: You experienced the turmoil in real time. (laughs) You, You know it's not his first time here, right? No, not for the first time, just in real time. The boredom was live. He
0: has been on the show before, though.
2: Not for
4: uh, Star Trek.
0: That's true, but the other show is just as boring also. If not more so. I don't want to sell it short. Oh, I said that wrong. It's transformatic. Well, you've just ruined that joke forever.
2: I fixed it. It's all better now.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad. Glad for you.
2: Yeah, I'm pissed because I saw Tiger Sharks toys at toys r us once when i was a kid uh-huh and of course you know parents would not buy them for me because they were responsible <laughs> but then again if they had no they go for like seven thousand dollars a piece now maybe they would have
0: even like open loose missing everything like yours they are
2: retardedly now. rare uh... oops let's see what they're going for on ebay
0: if I can get to eBay first. But, you know, that's always the problem. You don't have a time machine to go back and get those toys that you know are valuable.
2: Oh, here's one that's open for $279. Well, that's not bad. Oh, so here's some shitty villains for 75 or 30 Here's <laughs> one for 200 mint on card. Here's one for 800 Another one for 800 Yeah, Yeah, um, they are rare as fuck. Oh, and there's only like 12 entries. Wow. Total for eBay.
0: That's not a lot. No. Let's
2: see. How do you include ones that have sold?
0: Oh, uh, there's a checkbox on the side. Scroll down a little.
2: Show only sold listings. There we go.
0: Yes. I mean, when I'm trying to do uh, pricing research, I also include um, just completed listings, whether they're sold or unsold, because it kind of gives a metric for how the market is. But for your purposes, I think just the sold listings would be more useful. How many are there?
2: Uh, Let's see here. 55. 55.
0: Also, I'm sorry, my bad. 22. Oh, so you can't tell your twos from your fives? (laughs) Well, I was looking at, uh, did you mean Tiger Shark figure? Are are you dyspneumic? Apparently, yes.
2: Uh, A lot of these were asking for a much higher price, but sold for best offer, so there's no telling what it went for. Here's one that did sell for $80. Mm -hmm. That was open, missing accessories.
0: So, yeah, still fairly pricey. I tend to assume best offer sales are not more than 20% below what the listed price is. Well, one was listed at 450 Again, I would not assume it was more than 20% under that, and probably even less than that. Yep. Like, it was probably closer to its ask than 20% under.
2: Oh, well. At least I still have my Chrono Trigger SNES cartridge.
0: How much is that worth?
2: Uh, Ed McKay's is selling for like $130 with no packaging.
0: Oh, which means they'd give you about 40 for it.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, I still have that Nurse Chapel figure for you. Oh, good. I think it was the Nurse Chapel, wasn't it?
2: I don't even remember. There was
0: the other one, I just never had time to go back for it that day. Uh, Yeah, that's a Nurse Chapel. Excellent. And someday I'll come back down there and I can give it to you. Gross. I know, right? And and I'll bring you the figure
2: also. Now, so, now I need to get a Spock figure for her to lust over and he can ignore
0: her. Okay, well, you work, work on that. Because, <laughs> I mean, Spock was just in that uh, big bridge set thing, right? Yeah, except for mirror Spock. Well,
4: oh, that doesn't count. They're doing a small one, uh, an individual-packed one, though, aren't
2: they? Well, we're talking about the old Playmates figures. Yeah, not not the the Mega Bloks. The...
4: Okay, I got confused.
2: It, oh, I want like to take Mega Bloks Spock and she can, like, huddle him like a body pillow or something.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> that That's her Spock plush she made, because the real one yeah, won't I love her. I bet
2: your universe Spock would be way into Chapel, but he, like, beat her.
0: Oh, no. The reason we never see a universe, uh, Mirror Universe Chapel is because he was way into her and he killed her having sex with her.
2: I thought it was because she had a goatee as well. <laughs> <laughs> also lazily glued on. <laughs>